Our scripture passage this morning is from Luke 2, verses 8 through 20. You may follow along in a pew Bible or on the screen, or you may just listen to the word of God. This is a passage that goes along with our joy to the world. It's a Christmas passage. It's a typical Christmas passage that includes great joy. Hear God's word from the Gospel of Luke, beginning at verse 8, chapter 2. There were shepherds out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord came down, and the glory of the Lord shone around him, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, an Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, A great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in the manger. When the shepherds had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning all that had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Joy is contagious. Joy begets joy. Maya Angelou says, we need joy as we need air. Cool in the gang invites us to celebrate good times. Come on. It's a celebration. Laughter is the best medicine. Victor Borga says laughter is the shortest distance between two people. And Anne Lamott says laughter is carbonated holiness. Laughter, celebration, joy, delight. It sounds like living life to the full, and yet it's the people group known as Christians who can struggle with 
cutting loose and joining the party. That great theologian, Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> says there's a fine line between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Is there or is there a Grand Canyon? We've been pursuing the spiritual disciplines. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Psalm 42, verse 1, has been our theme verse, and, and, and it's been represented in this, this beautiful waterfall and representing that, that water that we need for our souls. It's been a journey of transformation to draw near to Jesus, and our mechanism has been practicing the spiritual disciplines, habit-forming work or mental training to strengthen our relationships with God. We've been at this since March 6, so nearly two months, two months. And we started with, with prayer, and Pastor Matt talked about remembrance, and then simplicity with our flower here, dwelling in scripture, and then we looked at worship, and today, with the ribbons, celebration. Do you think of celebration as a spiritual discipline? Do you hear the invitation in our scripture passage today to celebrate? In our passage today, the shepherds are out in the field, people on the margins of society, caring for their sheep, living their lives, working for a wage. Maybe they're cold or scared or anxious or bored or thinking about the future or wondering what's going on at home. When an angel of the Lord appears, bringing good news of great joy. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appears with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds are out in the fields, living their lives when joy bursts through. Joy comes to the shepherds, uninvited, unprovoked, sharing good news worth celebrating. What are the shepherds supposed to do? Is there a proper response? Is there a right thing to do in this moment? Is there a rule or a law? or a procedure to follow under these circumstances? Should they go to the Pharisees or consult a rabbi? Of course, they're unclean shepherds, so there are protocols that they need to follow. That would be complicated. What's their move, those shepherds out in the field? C.S. Lewis says, 
earth, he talks about earth as a valley of tears, cursed with labor, hemmed around with necessities, tripped up with frustrations, doomed to perpetual plannings, puzzlings, and anxieties. Lewis says there are qualities of heaven that simply can't get through, except through frivolity and spontaneity, through dance and game and play. It's only through these things that heaven can, can burst through into our lives because we're so consumed with the, the, the proper notions. What do you think about frivolity and spontaneity? How much frivolity and spontaneity do you cultivate in your life? I mean, I myself like things tidy and orderly is there a purpose for frivolity and spontaneity, as C.S. Lewis mentions? Do you make space for frivolity in your schedule? Or does that sound wasteful and indulgent? They're not in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who lean into frivolity. Blessed are the spontaneous. Dancing and gaming and laughter and celebration sound extra, superfluous. If there's time, we'll do those things. Does God promote such things? Does God promote celebration? Given what we people are doing to the earth God created? This week we celebrated Earth Day. Does God promote celebration given what's going on in this earth, to this earth? Does God's promote celebration among the people who live in this earth. This week, Patrick Leoya, the family buried Patrick. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the funeral. It was, it was hard. Knowing that it's people who do such things in this world. And in that context, sometimes the church struggles with celebration, equating dancing and delight with irreverence. There's a story in the Old Testament when King David, leaping and dancing before God as the ark is brought into Jerusalem, and his wife Michael sees David and is ashamed of him and his behavior. She despises David in her heart. His behavior is inappropriate. 
unkingly. Improper behavior for a man who worships Yahweh. Irreverent. Well, Jesus has our number. Jesus understands how broken our world is and how out of balance we are. And Jesus busts into our timeline. Luke 2:10, the angel say the angels say to the shepherds out in the field keeping watch. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So shepherds, you, I bring you shepherds. Just out there living your life. I bring you good joy. But this good joy, it's not just for you out there in the field. It's for all the people. And I don't know what they're thinking. If they're thinking it's like all the people in the region, all the people in the world, all the people who believe as they believe or believe in Jesus, I don't I wonder if they think if they realize it's for all the people of all time. Like thousands of years from now, those people too. Those people sitting in Creston Church, good news of great joy for all the people. The promised Messiah has been born. That trio of phrases we've been reciting that James and Amanda said this morning has been put into motion. Christ was born. Christ died. Christ will come again. That is happening right now, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over your flocks by night. A savior has been born. This is happening. The angels leave and the shepherds are compelled to go and see, and so they do. They lay eyes on Messiah, on Jesus. And verse 20, the shepherds return after all of this happens, glorifying and praising God. Joy busts into their lives, and that elicits a response. Joy requires a response. Good news requires celebration. What does the shepherd's celebration look like, I wonder? How do they glorify and praise God out in the fields by themselves? Nobody correcting them. Nobody judging them. Nobody throwing shade on their style. No reason to feel self-conscious in any way. Do they cut loose to leaping and jumping and dancing, hooting and hollering with loud hallelujahs and tears of joy? What do you think? What does their glorifying and praising God look like? as they return. Whatever it looks like, we don't get to know. 
The text doesn't tell us. The shepherds experience the ultimate good news, and the shepherds celebrate. In an episode of The Chosen, it's a television series chronicling um, Christ's ministry. Mary Magdalene is um, is, uh, hosting her first Shabbat meal, complete with script and ritual. And joining her celebration are a local uh, villager who's never been invited to Shabbat before the um, Sunday meal. And then also this woman, Shula, who was blind. So she's going to brave her first Shabbat with the proper words and, and everything um, with these people, these two local people. And right as she's getting ready to sit down, two more locals unexpectedly show up. And they say, oh, we heard you're having Shabbat. Is, is it okay? Is it okay if we come in? And she's like, oh, um, okay, yeah, sure. So they come in. So now she's very insecurely, because she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she's just going to follow the script. And she sits down, and then and there's a knock at the door. And they open the door, and it's, it's Jesus. And she's sort of like paralyzed, doesn't know what to do with Jesus. And Jesus says, well, may I come in? Can I sit down and join your Shabbat? And she's like, um, yes. And Shula says, you know, Mary, you might want to sit, tell him to sit in the chair. And she's like, oh, right, of course, of course. And, and Mary tries to turn it over to Jesus. Okay, well, you should lead then. And, and he says, no, it's your house, Mary. You, you should lead. And, and so she continues with the script and the star and the, the things. And she leads her first Shabbat. This Shabbat scene offers a picture of the spiritual discipline of celebration. Celebration is contagious. It multiplies the joy. Celebration lifts spirits and warms hearts. In community, celebration is hospitable, making room for others. Joy travels. Celebration rubs off on each other. When I was in grad school, um, this is 1993, Maya Angelou came to my grad school, my college, and I remember one line that Maya Angelou said, and it's from a poem, Weekend Glory. I'm going to read the last three stanzas. Maya Angelou says, Folks write about me. They just can't see how I work all week at the factory then get spruced up and laugh and dance and then turn away from worry with sassy glance. They accuse me of living from day to day, but who are they kidding? 
So are they. My life ain't heaven, but it sure ain't hell. I'm not on top, but I call it swell. If I'm able to work and get paid right and have the luck to be black on a Saturday night. The one line I remember Maya Angelou speaking in that big auditorium, I was way up in the balcony, is Maya Angelou, even from very far away, in all her magnificent presence, saying, being black on a Saturday night, just exuding joy and life, celebrating who she is, and the life that she gets to lead. And it gave me joy. And it made me wanna celebrate who I am. It was contagious. The gift of God as image bearers. Maya Angelou, me, you, celebrating God's goodness in who we are. C.S. Lewis says something that sticks with me all the time. Joy, let's say it together since it's up there. Ready? Joy, Joy is, is the serious, serious business, business of heaven. heaven.